At First Commonwealth Bank, we know better banking begins with better ways to do the things you need to do. That's why we've made it easy to open a new First Commonwealth checking account with our simple-to-use mobile account opening. Now, the same device you use to talk, text, snap, share, schedule, email, navigate, and watch can help you open a great checking account, too. Visit fcbanking.com from any device and upgrade your digital banking to better with mobile account opening. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. From coast to coast and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio around. Online with Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here at WMCK.FM and also on WLDJ 107.5 FM Newcastle, the home of your favorite hits from way back when. Hi, everybody. Hope everything's going fine for you on this whatever day of the week you're listening to the program. And don't forget, we're streaming live at italknet.com. Well, we're in quarantine. We're still stuck at home, but that's good. That's okay, because we're going to talk about things that you guys are interested in. Right now, I have a psychic that will be joining us um, from New York. Uh, The psychic Yellow Brick Road is a book that she wrote, and we're going to be talking to her on how to find real wizards and avoid the flying monkeys. I love the title of the book. On the phone line right now, we have Corby... Mitlid, please tell me I said that right, Corby. I'm afraid I can't. It's Mitlide. Mitlide. I'm sorry. I tried so hard, but I guess my phonetics didn't work well. (laughs) It's good to be here regardless. Well, I thank you very much for joining me today. So I guess you are also in quarantine right now. Everybody is homestayed, can't go anywhere, can't do anything. And it gives us an opportunity to talk. It does, but I'm actually very fortunate. I live 45 minutes west of Albany, New York. It's about three to four hours north of New York City. Okay. So we are not in the hotbed. Oh, that's good. Still, you know, I'm 65. Yes, stay home. Right. Um, Where I'm at, I am located south of the city of Pittsburgh, and the governor just basically said everything is shut down now until further notice. So we can't go anywhere, can't do anything, schools are closed. So we're all in this together. We are, but radio doesn't need travel. Radio you can do right here. That's a good point. So how long have you been a psychic? Um, Actual practicing since I was 18, that's 1973. Okay. Professionally since 94, full-time since 9-11. Okay. So explain to me, because I've had other psychics on the program before. I've had um, John Edward was on the program this past summer, and I've had other psychics since then. Explain to me what a psychic is. A psychic is someone who, to me, delights in finding out what else they can do besides their five senses. Now, there are psychic mediums, and I want to explain to people that's sort of two different things. If you remember Venn diagrams in math class, those were the two circles that interacted. Well, um, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. Mediums are specifically people that can connect with your dead Aunt Mabel. Okay. Psychics can do all kinds of things. They can channel. Channeling is when they talk to spirit guides. Angel, um, Esther Hicks channels Abraham. That's a channel. They can be medical intuitives, like my buddy Stacy Wells. She can literally, through psychic abilities, go into the DNA of your body, tell you what's going on, tell you what you need to do. There are people who read tarot and oracle decks. I am a certified professional tarot reader. I am also a past life specialist. That means that I have the ability to go up to the Akashic Records and tell you who you were before you became who you are and why that matters. 
There are also people who interpret dreams and they talk to angels. It's like saying, tell me what a doctor does. <laughs> well, do you want to know if that's specialist or what? So, so that's it. Okay. Psychic is the field. Everything else is a subsection. So you just said you read tarot cards. What do the tarot cards tell you? Tarot cards are actually like any other tool. Some people are terrified of them, but it's ink on paper. What you're looking at are the archetypal symbols that have been around for hundreds of years. Now, what makes a really good reader as opposed to just somebody who grabs the card and grabs the book? A good reader understands that the cards are just a doorway. They have certain meanings that are tried and true. But when you've read them for as long as I have, then you'll understand sometimes they will trigger information that is right for this particular client, but not for everybody. For instance, there is a card called the Three of Pentacles. It shows a church building and somebody working on a stained glass window. That has certain meanings about mastery and long-term and things like that. But when I was reading for a couple in Kitchener, Ontario, a couple of years ago, I looked at that card, and what came out of my mouth was, there is an abandoned or deconsecrated church, and that's where you need to open up your cafe bakery. Okay. They looked at each other. They looked at me. They said, we've been arguing about that one two blocks away for two years. <laughs> okay, fine. So it's, it's so, whatever feeling you get at that time is what that message is on that card. Yes, there are certain, I, I always say to the rookies, there are three cards that will weird you out. Death, the devil, and the tower. I'll tell you what they mean because it ain't that. Okay. People see the death card and are convinced they're going to be hit by a bus on Tuesday. No, that's not what happens. <laughs> the death card, it's transformation. Death of an old way of life death of what they've outgrown, death of what was not them in the first place. If they're asking about a relationship, it may be the relationship is over. If they're asking about finances, it may be that they need to find another way to make their money or to invest their money. Okay. It's not as simple. Okay. So how, how do people find who you are? To be a psychic, because you said that you are certified as a tarot card reader. How do you get certified? Um, this was, oh, God, about 15 years ago, maybe. There was the Tarot Certification Board of America. I took a three-hour oral exam with their executive director. Okay. And it is not just about what the cards mean. It's can you develop spreads? Can you redirect questions to help the client find out what they really want to know? For instance, you don't ask me, is my business going to be a success? What if I looked at you and said, no, you're going to lose everything and live in a box under a bridge? <laughs> the right question is, how do I make my business rock and roll? Okay. Then there's a multi-card spread and you get the info. Okay. Because my thought is, when I realized I was talking to you today, I was going to ask you if you could tell me when the COVID virus is going to disappear. But I guess you can't do that. The thing about that is my ego is involved. I'm as interested as, as you are. Okay. And the thing that I know is when I really want to know something like that, as a true professional, I have to put that question aside because my real desires may get in the way of real information. Gotcha. Because I, I, the bad thing is, and, and I'm, I'm realizing this from my perception of psychics, is what we've learned as a society, is from what we see on TVs and movies. And they always mm -hmm. make them look like people that just are on the fringe of reality, that they are usually hunched over a crystal ball, or they're reading cards, or they're reading tea leaves, or whatever it may be, and it doesn't look like it's a, a true, how do I want to put it, a, a, a true skill, but more for an entertainment purpose. And you always expect them to be like the fake gypsies. Yes. Oh, you have a family car. How many in your family? Four? You have dogs? No, we don't do that here. <laughs> but, but you understand where I'm coming from, and I think that's why you have... Completely. That, ...that psychics get such a bad rap because of it. And then we see in the last 20 years, 
there has been then more of a um, a turn into that direction, especially with like numerology and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I I just I just wonder when someone comes into you to see you or however they get in touch with you, do you have to to break down that wall of skepticism or are they already coming in as a believer or wanting to believe that that you're able to do this? It can run the gamut. One of the things that people find when they sit down with me is it's like sitting down with an old friend. There's no uh, mystical claptrap and hoodoo. I am purely delighted to see them. Okay. And the, and the first thing that I'll say to them is, what's the most important thing you want to walk out of here knowing today? And the reason I ask that is I can do so many things. If you're only with me for a half an hour, and I spend time on tarot cards and channeling, but what you really wanted was to find out who you were in 1642 Belgium. Ah. I missed it. So, they, you know, I'm interested in cards or past lives, or I want to speak to my spirit guide, Binky, or house dead Aunt Mabel. And if they go blank on me, I go really Brooklyn on them, and I go, darling, what's biting your butt? Because that gets right down, and everybody knows what that is. <laughs> um. I, I just think the whole idea of doing past lives would be fascinating. It is. You know, people say, well, how do I know what I, what I should be doing? Spirit, the universe, take a look at what's in your pantry. With me, I was a theater major at Brown University. I acted in New York in the 80s and 90s. I'm a published author, and I love history. My husband and I met at the Rhinebeck Aerodrome in Rhinebeck, New York, it's a place with World War One airplanes. And as he says, there was this gorgeous brunette who knew the difference between a Fokker DR-1 and an F-1 based on the wings. It had to marry her. <laughs> so, Spirit sees this and says, past lives. Okay. Because if someone else got a past life, past life for you, they might say, well, I see this woman in a long dress and a big hat. She's old-fashioned. Because of my background, I could that same mental picture and I would say that's a hobble skirt, picture hat with that kind of an ostrich feather I think we're talking 1911 or 1912 now which one's going to be the most useful okay, the one that gives me more description bingo So, and so when I put this together people very often get answers to what happens now um there was a lecture I was doing with my friend, author Robert Schwartz, at Lilydale, which is a very famous spiritualist community in western New York. And a woman raised her hand and said, why is it that I am panicked whenever I get wet hair in my face? And her hair was butch short. I said, all right, wait a minute. It took me five seconds. And I said, I have a five-syllable answer for you. Lusitania. In 1915, you were on the cruise ship. It was torpedoed by the Germans. You went over the side. Your hair was not bobbed the way it was for most women then. It was still the long Edwardian mass, so it took on a lot more water. Plus, it was so long, debris kept getting caught in it, pulled you down, and you drowned. She looks at me white-faced and says, is that why I'm so scared to get on a boat? I said, probably. Right. So Now, she told me nothing but that panic. And I was able to pull down uh, a life that had meaning for her, not only about the hair, but about a fear of getting in a boat on the water. That's so, so what is lives are what is the most interesting person? This fear isn't real. It's from a past life. It's not going to happen this time. So, what is the most interesting person you've dealt with that had a past life? Um, there was. A woman I worked with in Colorado many years ago. Again, this is, this is a World War One thing, and she remembered a complete past life. She knew what her mother's unit was in the German army, and we traced it down. And I saw these things. We had to go back to a book from 1898 that had the list of the German officers and the, the platoons and companies they were in, and she was absolutely correct. She saw something. She uh, described it. We had to look it up in 
a, a tour book, Baedeker's, from 1910, where she saw didn't exist anymore. There was no trace of it in this life, but it was there in 1910. So when you remember a life like that, there are keys for this life. You don't just remember them for a good joke. The universe doesn't bother with that. It's too busy. Okay. Um, so you're also, you said you're also a, a medium, and you can talk to my old dead Aunt Mabel if I had one, correct? Yes. Uh, yes, I can. But I don't, I mean, John Holland whom I've taken classes with, John Edward, they're wonderful. But I do not do mediumship in public because I consider it very, very private. I don't censor what comes out of my mouth. Okay. And the, the PG version of why is there was a woman who wanted to speak to her dead wife. It was a biracial, same-gender couple. Okay. The black partner had died. A white widow wanted to speak to her. Now, mind you, I grew up a nice Jewish kid in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I have manners. You don't want to know what came flowing out of my mouth in flawless <laughs> urban ebonics. That I was appalled when I was saying it, but the woman looks at me and starts laughing and crying because that's how her partner, Isabel, walked into the house after business trips. Gotcha. You can't do that in public. You just can't. <laughs> well, the best part, what, what John, when I had him on the program, I... Was to, I didn't ask him any questions about me because I wasn't worried about me. I just wanted to get the interview and everything else. And at the end of the interview, he starts reading me, and I didn't realize it was me he was talking about. And he had to stop mm -hmm. me, and he goes, did any of these people ring a bell? And I'm going, well, yeah. And I just sat there and froze and realized, oh, my goodness, he's talking about my grandfather that I haven't thought about in years. And he was just going on mm -hmm. and on. And I'm going, that just gave me goosebumps because I've never had that experience before. And I can imagine if you're hearing something coming out of your mouth that you're not familiar with, that would really blow you away. But at the same time, it tells me that I'm getting it accurately. Okay. Robert Schwartz wrote two books, Your Soul's Plan and Your Soul's Gift. I'm one of his four major channels in that book. One of the, one of the chapters is on miscarriages and abortion. And I was channeling this woman's own soul, her higher self, Ooh. to understand this life challenge. Well, when I do that kind of deep channeling, my consciousness goes upstairs and reads a magazine. I don't remember what I said. Mm -hmm. So when I read the book, I said, that came out of my mouth, and Rob said, absolutely, because it was not the way I see abortion and miscarriages at all, but it's the way her soul saw it. So that tells me the channeling was right because it wouldn't be anything that I right. would voluntarily say. So how do you how do you um, how do you get these feelings? I mean, when the first time you had it, were you thrown off? How did that work? Well, it start. I read tarot cards for twenty years, making sure that I kept my own ego out of the way and I was giving clear information, and that's when. The universe must have decided I'd cleared out the channels because in 1994, I could all of a sudden do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when the universe handed me my draft notice and said, greetings, you're working for us. Um, okay. So I can't tell you how I do this. I have no freaking idea. Do you think anybody can be a psychic? Yes, just like anybody can play the piano. We all have ten fingers. And some of us can barely get through chopsticks and heart and soul. Okay. And some of us rarely are Elton John. <laughs> but we all have ten fingers and we can all play the piano. That's how to think of it. Okay, but how how would you how would you even know that you have this ability? We are all wired like the same house plan. The difference is the circuit breaker. People like me, the circuit breaker is off, the power flows, it's all there. People who think what I do is the devil's work, it's on, locked, and rusted shut. People who think there's nothing to this, but they always know who's calling on the phone, they have a short in the system. They think they're not getting anything, okay. but they are. Okay. Because I, I, I've always wondered that, and then I've also wondered if animals have that ability, because I have two dogs that occasionally just bark at nothing. At least we think it's nothing, and we don't know it could be someone here. I don't know what it is. Um, and in, we... in our house, we call that nuffins. They're aerial nuffins and ground nuffins. Okay. Uh, that, that's our cat. But yes, of course they can see. 
dead people. Because of course they can. the house that I'm living in right now is 113, 114 years old. And there mm-hmm. was, until my wife and I bought it 20 years ago, there's been one family living in the house. And the last uh, owner passed away in what's now my son's bedroom. And there are times at night when I do this that I actually see something passing me and there's nothing there. And I just Mm -hmm. wonder if I'm getting that feeling that there could be someone else in the room with me. Not that I'm afraid or anything else. I'm just slightly startled that I think there's someone behind me. Well... What I would do is I would turn around and courteously greet them. Good oh. evening. Good to see you. Can I help? I, I, um, just, I just don't know what I would scared, do if... That's not going to work. Right. Um, I, I've always, always felt that way. But I just think this is interesting that you and I are just sitting here talking about it because now I have a better understanding of what you do. And now I can start seeing why people come to you because they, in a lot of ways, you're putting them at ease. And you're not much different than a therapist. Yes. I take my work very seriously, me not so much. Okay. Now, there is certain information I'm going to be able to get in a way that you can't trace by the five senses. But at the same time, I am not here to amaze you with my wiki-woo and convince you that my aura (laughs) don't stink. I have no interest in that. Okay. My job is to send you out of my office understanding your own life better, and feeling empowered. Gotcha. Otherwise, it's just ego boo on my part, and I have no interest in that. I Again, I just, I, I, I think I, the more I learn about it, the more intrigued I am. And I've never had an actual reading done before because I don't know how I'd react. Um, that's like me never getting an IQ, IQ test because I'm afraid of where I would test. Either I have achieved more than I thought than I could have or I didn't achieve enough so I never asked that question but that's uh, why so you have a book that's called the psychic yellow brick road how to find the real wizard and avoiding the flying monkeys what I mean I know what the title is which I think is a great title explain to me what it means to you all right I wrote this book specifically for people who are interested in getting psychic guidance, but they don't need to learn how to meditate or things like that. That's why the back cover says, good psychic guidance is an art. Don't settle for a forgery. So the book is written for people who really don't know anything about psychic work, you know, from Adam's house cat. And I start out saying, this is how to make sure you can find a good psychic. These are the kinds of questions that you can ask that will get you the answers that you want. It may not be the type of answer. You know, it may not be that Bruce will always love you. Okay. But it will help you with a relationship. So there are things like um, what to ask, what not to ask. If the psychic tries to pull this, run. Working with angels and guides and what to expect with mediumship. And yes, of course, the last chapter is can I do this too? Because everybody wants to know. Right. But primarily... This is so people don't get taken by the Madam Hoo-Hahs and Swami Swalandas out there who tell them, oh, you have a family curse, I have the $600 candle. Because there are still people that do that. Really? That is why this book, yeah, this book got written specifically from that. It was 15, 20 years ago. I was doing 150 booths, psychic care in Toronto. And a woman walked by a booth and this fake gypsy walked out. Now, you can be a fake gypsy. You wear a long skirt and the jingling jewelry and a headscarf, and you do the bad Russian accent, and you're a gypsy. <laughs> so she dragged the woman into the booth. The woman left. We watched. 20 minutes later, crying hysterically, we went over to see what happened. She was $400 later because the woman in the booth convinced her if she didn't pay $400 to bless 400 candles, I bled it real good, only $1 candle, and burn them in the Catholic Church, her family was going to die in a car accident. Wow. You got it. I know. People have come to me like that. And so this book is to keep them safe. And I do not care if they never come to me. If this keeps them safe with other psychics, the old saying, all boats rise, all of us will be a little more respected. Which is, which is very true. You're right. Um, I I just can't believe that there's, there's people out there that, that still 
that haven't been exposed like that. Now, I know in PA there's actually some type of licensing they have to get to be able to do psychic readings and tarot cards. Is there anything like that in New York? I don't believe so, but it's one of the reasons that I am a reverend. I became a reverend years ago to stay safe in places where they consider what I do the devil's work, and I can say, oh, no, it's pastoral counseling. Oh, that's all right, Reverend. You go right ahead. Um, and the other thing is, before same-sex marriage was legal in this country, yes. if I had people that batted for the same team and they wanted sacred ceremony, I'd be happy to do it. But I do know that in, for instance, Philadelphia, there's a license, uh, a thing on the books that was used about a decade ago. They did a sweep in Philly and threatened all the psychic shops and astrology people, even though the law had never been really enforced because the, you know, the cops that day felt like being bully boys. I don't know. The ACLU took care of that. But the thing is, there really isn't a better business bureau for psychics. This is the best that you can do. And when you look for a psychic, you need to check their testimonials. You need to talk to some people that have been read by them. And you need to use your common sense. So you're a reverend. What, quote unquote, church are you the reverend of? Uh, it is the um, Sanctuary of the Beloved. Okay. Of Melchizedek. It's a non-denominational uh, here in New York, and uh, it basically, you know, there was a full ordination, and it, it because it's not non-denominational, I was comfortable with that. Look, as far as I'm concerned, God owns the grocery store, and he does not care if you get in there through health and beauty aids, the florist, or the deli. It's just like, get in there. <laughs> okay, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. <laughs> Um, so when That's you, the other thing, I'm funny. Yeah. Well, well I, 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 I'm not funny, but I'm funny. I've noticed that. Um, so actually you're, you're very down to earth and you speak, you speak your, uh, you speak your mind, which is fantastic. So how long is a usual session for you? Is it, or is it all depend on the person? It depends on what they want. I mean, you know, they just have one or two questions, boom, 15 minutes. We can get that done. It's usually a half an hour, no more than an hour. Because, I, you know, it's like when you go to the gym. If you go every day for 15 years, you can lift a 75-pound barbell. Boom! Other people would struggle. I read between 1,000 and 1,200 people a year. So the information flows very fast. Okay. Um, if it's a general reading, I'll start out with a quick numerology, see what your year is. Then we'll get down to your question. And I'll use both tarot, or I have half a dozen oracle decks that I also may use. And I'll use two or three or four decks in the reading. So in each of one of those decks, a certain picture means a certain thing, correct? Yes. And the artwork, the, the wonderful thing about oracle cards is there are no rules. Tarot, it's always 78 cards, major arcana, four minors. But oracle cards have wonderful flow. And so when I get an oracle deck, the first thing I do is I sit down, look at it, and literally say to the deck, how do you want me to read you? And there is always instantly a particular spread, how many cards, what the cards mean, and it just flows instantaneously. I don't have to think about it. And each deck likes to be used for certain subjects. So, uh, I, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so in the book, how is the book broken down? for people to, to, to know how to choose a psychic, how to be able to understand that they're, what they're doing is, is real. And how, how do you have it all broken down? Well, part one is, excuse me, what I call psychic boot camp. Psychics 101, the good, the bad, and the Cleos. And that, there are seven keys. Professionalism, sharing references, you are in control, remember. Charges. Here I can fix anything for a price. Those are like the gypsy stories. Inappropriate actions and connections. Once you get through that, Psychics 102 is how to prepare for a great psychic session. And again, there you have your mnemonic. The word is answer. 
Accept responsibility for your part in the session. No pop quizzes, no comparisons. State your intentions clearly. Widen your horizons. Evaluate your information and respond to the universe. The thing is, I don't want this to be so mysterious if you understand how it's structured you can use the information you're not going to get scams and you know how to get the best information for what you need you're listening to online with bill alexander here on wmck.fm and also on wldj 107.5 fm newcastle and italknet.com on the phone <laughs> let's see if we can do it right this time uh, corby corby mitlide Bingo. Hey, I finally got it. I was worried there for a minute. <laughs> and we're nah, talking about it. we're talking about psychics and how to choose a psychic without being ripped off by a psychic and how to do it in a way that's going to benefit you in the long run. Have you ever had someone come into you that already had it predetermined in their mind what they wanted to hear and you spoke against everything they thought was going to happen? Oh, please. Oh, please. You're making me laugh. There is one particular thing that I talk about. It's called When Getting a Reading Won't Help. And, you know, when other psychics have read this book, they hear this, and then they laugh. Because it kind of goes like this. Does Bruce think about me? No. Has he ever thought about me? Not the way you want. If he does, if I do such and such, will he think about me? No. Is he going to call soon? He isn't. Well, if he isn't going to call soon, will he call later? Notice that this person is so desperate for a relationship with Bruce that she's not going to accept it isn't what he wants, and she keeps battering on the psychic until, you know, we may get exhausted and say, yes, he loves you and wants seven babies with you, but he just doesn't know it yet, and they go, oh, good, please, you think my job is easy. Um, if you think the answer has to be one way, part of the danger is you're going to go psychic to psychic to psychic until somebody tells you what you want, right? and if it's one of the, the fakes, then they're going to say, well, it could be this way, but you have a curse or there's a hole in the aura or, you know, there, there's a magic bunny on your roof or whatever, and give me extra money and we can get rid of it. Um, again, Canadian story. There is a man who was in love with a woman down the street, and, you know, she was married, she had kids, but he went to one of the fakes who said, there are karmic knots to untie, and as soon as we do that, she will leave her husband and fall into your arms. Three years and $30,000 later, um, he still hadn't met the woman. The psychic was gone to parts unknown, and she had another baby. He came to me, and I said, don't do this again. Right. But that's what happens. And that's why, you know, take the answer or find another way around it. Let's go back to the business thing. I do a lot of business readings. If you were going to open up, let's say, vintage, vintage vinyl record store. Yes. I would not flip three cards and say, wait until October and fire the redhead. What? It would be a card for you, a card for the energy around the business, the brick-and-mortar location, how to market it, clients, competition, staff, finances, what you need to know, and best possible outcome. Now, one of the reasons I know how to do that is I used to be an executive recruiter. I canceled people in jobs for years. So, yes, you're getting a little bit of my left brain. But... I'm reading the cards, we weave the story together, and now you leave my office with a rocket pack on your back, knowing what you're going to be up against and where you can take advantage of the good stuff. Just listening to you, because um, you're a therapist, you're a financial and business planner, and you're a psychic, which is interesting because it sounds to me like whatever those cards say, you can interpret them in a way that's going to be beneficial for the other person sitting on the other side of the table. Well, it'll be truthful. It may not be what they want to hear. But, you know, part of it is I'm 65 years old. I have had a career of different jobs. I've been an actress, an author, an inspirational speaker, a legal assistant, a video producer. I've written graphic novels, executive recruiter. All of that molded me into who I am. Why would I not use the understanding and the knowledge I have of those different parts of the world to help a client. Right. I wouldn't tell them that their business is going to be sold for $42 million if I didn't see it, but I would be able to say, 
it looks like here's where your good energy is, here's where you might have a block, and here's how to go around it. The way I tell people is here are your opportunities and how to grab them. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. Here's your toolbox. Go rock and roll. We're the, we are the toolbox, but we're not the repairman. We're not going to fix it for you. You have to do that. So you give ba- the information. Basically, what you're doing is you're giving them the tools to be able to fix, or at least the directions or, or some type of, of guidance on how to fix that problem. They just have to do it themselves. I'm giving them guidance on how to get to the life that they want. Mm-hmm. I will not lie. I will not tell them they can do this. I will not do remote spying. What's remote spying? John and Betsy are dating. I'll read John for Betsy and Betsy for John. They break up. I will not tell Betsy who's John sleeping with. That's spying. Right. Which, okay. Um, so when, whenever, whenever you do this, have you ever had run-ins with, with fake psychics who have said that what you're telling your clients are wrong? Or do they just stay away from you because they know you're actually giving accurate readings? Well, there are some psychics um, who say, oh, well, you should just sit down and say anything that comes in your head. If you ask them a question, you're fake. Well, that live and be well. We all read in different ways. Um, my buddy, the late, great Allie Cheslett, best medium I ever knew. You, Allie was chatty Cathy of the dead. You could not shut her up. Um, and she would just... But with me, simply because of how I straddle the real world, you know, the, the, the physical world and the psychic world, I don't want I don't want to waste time amazing people with my abilities. I want to get right to the information that they need. So that's why I've developed how I read the methodologies and and staying practical. So with everything going on in our country right now with with the with the pandemic and everything, I guess you're not doing face-to-face readings, correct? Correct, but because of uh, Rob's books, and I've been on other radio and television, I have clients all over the world. Trust me, somebody from Bolivia does not want to show up in upstate New York with the sheep and the cows. <laughs> okay, but you're right. that's what Skype is for, and it's not a problem. Besides, if I could only read you in person, how do you know I'm not reading your body language? Good point. Energy is energy. shouldn't make a difference. So, I mean, how... Do you feel that because you're doing it via electronically, you're still giving the same quality reading? Or do you feel Mm -hmm. that you're giving, um, there's a little bit more hit and miss? Mm -mm. No. Because I know there's... I I don't watch somebody's face to see them on hit and right or wrong. That's called cold reading. Right. When I read you, I take off the, the, the floodgates. You get exactly what I... I'm listening to see if you have questions because I encourage questions. If you don't understand what I'm saying, I always tell you, tell me, Corby, back it up and do it again. I'm not getting that. But no, um, it's, I, I just, I read and it's, I completely have a one-pointed focus on my client. So it really doesn't make a difference. Now, I know there's psychics out there, like I have a pen that I've been playing with in my hand during this whole interview that would take the pen from me, and they sw- supposedly can read the energy from this pen. Is That's that psychometry, yes. Is, is that accurate, or is that a gimmick? Well, um, it is not one of my particular talents. It's like asking your cardiologist to check the rash on your foot. But, yes, it can be done. I completely admit, when I first married my husband, it's been 20 years, you know, we're we're still cute. We still can't pass each other in the house without smooching. I would hand my wedding ring to someone who does psychometry and say, I'd like to introduce you to my husband. And they'd hold it for about 10 seconds, get very wet in the face, and giggle. So, yes, it works. Okay. I just wondered, because I've seen that before. And, it, and again, I've heard different things, because I talked to someone a few weeks ago about the crystal ball and they said the only reason there's a crystal ball is because it's something for them to focus on is is that true i mean again my misconceptions have all come from the media it's a prop okay crystal ball helps you unfocus your eyes and just stare into space some people use what's called a scrying mirror s-c-r-y and that is a mirror that's been painted black so again you just 
there's nothing to see, but you just let your mind um, focus on what's there, or some people will read in a bowl of water. It's, it's just a thing to use. It's a tool. The only thing, the tool that I warn people against are Ouija boards. And why is that? Ouija boards, when you don't know how to ground, center, and shield, is like opening your door in a strange neighborhood and yelling, free beer. You don't know who the hell is out there, but they heard you and they're coming. Yes, I know um, there have been some people, I think, that uh, Esther Hicks started with Abraham with a Ouija board. But I have had to deal with two terrified teenagers who the, the first time they used a Ouija board put their hands on the little planchet and said, who's here, spelled backwards very fast was, I have an axe and I'm here to kill you. Trust me, it's not your Uncle Danny. And for everybody who says it's a toy, it's in the toy department, how dangerous could it be? What if your six-year-old uh, grandson, John, came to you and said, I got all A's on my report card and you promised me a toy? And he takes you into the toy department, uh-huh. points to a box, says, everybody has one. And the box says, my first chainsaw. Are you going to let him play with it by himself? I don't think so. No. I I just, I, I think of the board game, because I consider it a board game. I had one as a child. I never thought it worked. And I don't know why I didn't think it worked, because I can never, the people I did it with, we could never get it to do anything. Well... You're lucky. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are lucky. <laughs> the thing is, it's Ouija boards are, they have a certain energy to them. They are known. It's like a haunted house. Maybe there's no ghost there, but everybody's, you know, thinks there's going to be a ghost there. And so they kind of set the energy for that. Okay. You could read dinner plates. You could, if you decided on the methodology, you know, if, if the, the flower on the plate is this way, it means this, and you would probably, after a while, be able to get accurate readings, because you were putting the thought and the energy into it. But Ouija boards, because people play with them not knowing anything, that's kind of where the lower-level energies are hanging out okay. in the corner of Akashic and Karma, saying, hey, Sid, there's another one. Let's go play with their head. <laughs> so how does, how does that work, though? Because how do you focus the energy on being able to do that? I mean, all it is, to me, it's a piece of plastic with a little needle in the center of the little circle. How is that uh-huh. focusing the energy? You don't really want it. They do. Okay. They, okay, desire is energy, and that makes it why you'd be either a good reader or a bad reader. If you truly want to learn how to do this, the energy is there. What we put out is what we get back, and the universe kind of says, okay, this one, this one is serious about it, so let's, let's play with her. Let's, let's see what she can do. And you learn to read what you hear. You understand that it's a skill that needs to be honed. It's like anything else, archery. French cooking, you know, construction. If you want to do it well, you'll find a way to do it, and you will intuitively understand the tools you have. So on your on your book and everything else, you say it's a guide on how to find a psychic, a trustworthy psychic. On the average, for the average, and, and $20, $20, how much should mm-hmm. you pay for a reading? It depends. You can pay 10 bucks in Jackson Square, New Orleans, to, you know, thousands, depending on the person. Now, I'll give you an example. The most expensive reading I have is called a soul plane reading. That sucker is 500 bucks. Why? Because I put 8 to 10 hours of work into it before you and I are on the phone for an hour. Okay. So that's actually a lot less than my normal hourly rate. But... Your rate will be dependent on the specialty, how long they've been in business, where they live. You know, somebody in Peoria is not going to charge as much as someone in Manhattan. So the key is spend what you are comfortable spending. 
Um, I know we are a luxury. We are not an absolute. I know that, uh, and and I know it in the recent years around here, which I don't know if it's a good idea idea that you do it or not, but I know that for bachelorette parties, they have bring mm-hmm. been bringing or going to psychics to read the bride and the and the bride and the bridesmaid and everything else. Oh yeah. Do you do oh, yeah. group readings like that? Yeah, well, the way I do it is, I've done bachelor parties, I will do what I call lightning round readings. Okay. Which is, everybody gets like five minutes with me for a quick, you know, overview and one question. Um, yes, I've done, you know, big groups. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know if you have it in Pittsburgh, but here we have first night events on New Year's Eve. Yes. And first night Saratoga, I did past life galleries where there would be about 85 people in the audience. I would fast do, oh, maybe 15 or 20 past lives in 45 minutes. They'd leave. There'd be another 150 come in. That's exhausting, let me tell you. But, yes, you can do it. The key is you'd better know that the psychic is trustworthy. The last thing that the bride needs to hear is, oh, I know you want to have babies, but I see four miscarriages. It won't work. No, you don't do that. No. No. Um, I know in one of those group readings, a friend of mine uh, years ago went to one, and the the psychic was on stage, and the young lady that, well, she's older now, but the, when she was at this, she said that the psychic was talking about her everything from the, uh, the, the miscarriage that she had, the child's name that was going to be ba- uh, buried, everything was her. However, when he was trying to get validation, someone else raised their hand because mm-hmm. that person maybe had, I mean, it's the same experience, or I don't know. But do you ever see that, that people want to believe so much that they'll take credit for something else? Absolutely. It's, you know, when, when you know, Teresa Caputo, the Long Island meeting goes, yes. I'm getting a lovely woman. Her name starts with M. 47 hands go up. It's why when I do dead people, I get what I call their dead uh, their dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80, tells me nothing, immediately gets me into the energy, and I will be able to tell you specific things about them, like um, it, uh, you know, it, I'll, whether they, you know, they teased about they were handsome, they had a basso profundo kind of voice, um, there was always something in the pocket for the grandchildren. Um, this, you know, you were the child that that was closest to him. Things like that. And the thing is, you don't just do one or two things. One or two things might be the same for the forty-seven people in the audience. Right. But if you did eight, nine, ten, twelve things, then you single it down to yeah, it's the second woman on the left with the flower dress. Do you believe that the, that the people that come to a psychic more are those that are, try, that are having difficulty in their lives trying to find answers? Maybe someone recently passed away and they want to connect with them one last time because they feel that they left a bad relationship or, or they don't want to go with that person being gone and not saying they're sorry or whatever it is? Or they're just people grasping on straws because they just don't know what direction to go in? Oh, I get all of it. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I said what's the most important thing that you need to know. Um, I will, if you come back to me once a year, but you always have the same questions, and I always give the same answers, and you still don't do anything, after year three, I'm like a good bartender. I'll cut you off. <laughs> Which would make a lot of sense, because that's the, if you're not going to take the advice, why get it? Why waste my time and your money? Right. Okay. I mean, so with with the book that you write, do you do you like writing? Um, these... I adore writing. Okay. I've got another book that's a self-help book called Clean Out Your Life Closet. Um, I've got uh, How to Be an A-List Exhibitor that's in the middle of being edited now. The big reboot is the next self-help. So, yes, words are my drug of choice. Okay. So the book Clean Out Your Life's Closet, just give me an idea of what that one's about. Okay. That is... Four things, clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. But I don't tell you, do everything I tell you when it all gets better. I haven't lived your life. Right. So 
what I do is I tell you, here's some of the stupid things I did. Here's some client examples. But then at the end, I give you open-ended questions so you can take what I wrote and made it fit your life. Here's an example. Stumbling toward enlightenment is one of the chapters. Think of a time you stumbled. What did you learn from the event that you later used? Think of a friend who was always in his or her mind making mistakes. How might you present this idea to them? How would you work with it? There is no right or wrong. You have to go into your own life to learn that. By the end of reading that book, if you finished all those questions, that is your personal manual. I trust my readers to have brains, and I love collaborating with them. So they get to write their own story of change based on on their history, their life experiences, and their personal goals. Another question I have for you. Have you read your husband? (laughs) I I get a giggle there. It kind of worries me. (laughs) No, it's a big one. When we were first dating, I did a numerology compatibility report between the two of us. Okay. And the first five minutes is, oh, this is all going to be bull. They did silence. About 20 minutes later, he walks out of the bedroom holding it between thumb and fingers like a dead rat and says, I don't like this. This is too accurate. <laughs> so explain to me how numerology works. All right. Let's look at astrology first. Astrology is based on the date, time, and place of your birth. Numerology works on the date of your birth but not time and place. It also works on the name that's on your birth certificate. Okay. Because the letters are given certain numerological values. And so I will tell you, it's kind of like a natal chart for astrology is what did you come in with? And a progressed chart is what's going on this year. So a progressed numerology chart would tell you what's going on this year for you. For instance, um, your birthday, month and date. Uh, don't, don't need a year. 723. All right, 7 plus 23 is 30. Always check my math. Plus this year's master number of 4, 34. 3 plus 4 is 7. You always get it down to a single number. And a 7 year is a sabbatical year. It's the year you can tell everybody else to take a hike. You go into the top of the mountain to talk with God, but okay. when you get there, it's Hello, God, it's me, Bill. Can we talk? I'll take notes. <laughs> you have to decide this year what's important to you, what do you want to keep, change, or dump. And a seven-year is also a really important year health-wise. It's what I call the double brownie point year. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, or diet, exercise, and meditation. Okay. Whatever you do, you're going to get twice the bang for the buck, so do the smart thing. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to I'm going to for the entire 12 months. I'm going to hold on to that and let you know what happens. Because Deal. I think that's I think that's really interesting because it gives us some guidance and understanding maybe more about ourselves than we actually know or maybe more than we want to know about ourselves. There is nothing wrong with knowing yourself well. When you know yourself well, you accept the things that are foibles, change them if you want, but you are less afraid of the future. We all want to be in control. Can we be in utter control? No. But when we can control us, we know our strengths and our weaknesses, that's when we can take advantage of the good times and miss the problems. Wow. Corby, it's hard to believe we've been talking to each other for almost 55 minutes now. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. Um, I I would love to have you back on the program again. Maybe in the fall we can talk some more. And I can let you know what's going on after you just did my numerology, and I can tell you how things are going in that direction. But I'd love to be able to talk to you again. It would be a pleasure. So when is the new book coming out? Um, the uh, A-list exhibitor is probably about four or five months. Uh, the big reboot, I'm just in the middle of writing that now, so I'd say that's another year. Okay. But these two are still here. You can well, get them on Amazon. Well, the other thing is, too, is now that everybody's locked into their homes, you have more time to write. Yeah, I've been noticing that. 
<laughs> Once I get the cat off the computer desk, we're good. <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed that issue too, except mine are with two dogs. So anyhow, um, Corby, thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. I really appreciate it. And uh, again, look forward to talking to you again in the future. It'll be a pleasure. Be well, be safe, wash your hands. Uh, you too. Uh, Corby uh, Mitlide here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. We're going to step away for a brief moment, then come back with some final thoughts here on today's edition of Online with Bill Alexander. Hey kids, let mom help with your science project. This new mom wants her kids' science project to thrive. Too bad she hasn't cracked a science book since 1985. A metathesis reaction? Compounds, mixtures, and elements. Even this baking soda volcano is too big of an experiment. Whoa. Now she's completely forgotten the periodic table. Now she's burning a hole through the kitchen table. Burning with science. But her kids' love for the mom is truly transparent. Proof you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Don't tell Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash PA. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. You know that the ice cream scoop can make a child smile, and that by slowing us down, the traffic light can keep us going. You know that the lawnmower makes life easier, that the blood bank makes life possible. But did you know all these ideas came from the minds of African Americans? Support the United Negro College Fund, because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Visit uncf.org or call 1-800-332-UNCF. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's program here on WMCK.FM and also at WLDJ. 107.5 FM, Newcastle, PA, home of Hall of Fame music. Uh, actually doing a music program there, too. I got music programs everywhere and talk programs everywhere. Anyways, big thank you going out to uh, Corby Mitlide. We appreciate her joining us today talking about psychics, her psychic abilities, her books that she has coming out. I learn a lot every time I talk to them. And uh, some I learned more than others, and I think you have noticed uh, what I'm talking about. But anyhow, that's going to wrap it up. Everybody, please stay safe. I know this whole uh, quarantine is starting to affect us. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> that may catch up with me eventually. But again, everybody, please be careful. Please take it easy and please stay safe. And don't forget to join us next time. And don't forget about next time, we're going to have the guys from... Uh, Donnie and Greg and Greg and Donnie here online with Bill Alexander, the program based out of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Great Pittsburghese. We'll be talking to those guys um, real soon here, and we'll talk to you soon. Here online with yours, Bill Alexander, here at italknet.com and also at WMCK.FM and also at WLDJ, 107.5 FM Newcastle. Everybody, you have a great one. We'll talk to you next time. Here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week, and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.
If you're into designer furniture and you want the sofa that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends and all the quality, but without the designer prices. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show, and you definitely got tickets. And drinks. Now hurry and make it back to your spot. How's this person and that person? About 20 more. Ooh, watch out for feet. Hey. Just keep going. A little further. Oh, there's your friend. Over here. Right where you want to be. Close enough to see the set list. And they're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.